Good afternoon and welcome to Fruit of Thy Spirit Radio here on the Royal Kingdom's podcast. Hello and welcome to Fruit of Thy Spirit Radio here on the Royal Kingdoms Podcast. That is a chauffeur call because our podcast that we're presenting today is called Sounding the Alarm, A Call to Take Heed. This is episode 53, Praise God. I am Sister Noelia and I will join you today on this 53rd podcast. I had been away for several weeks recuperating from an oral surgery, but I am glad to be back and here to deliver very important message from our Lord God. Praise the King Yeshua. Hallelujah. This next song is by GospelRiver.com. Jesus is coming. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Our God is the God of truth and his is the glory and his glory will always prevail. Hallelujah. If this is your first time joining us, thank you for listening. I am Sister Noelia and I will be presenting this 53rd episode Sounding the Alarm, a call to take heed. Thanks for listening in to these beautiful messages of our Lord Yeshua HaMashiach. We want to express that we do this podcast for the love of God and we will never ask for a donation. We want the integrity of the Lord's message to remain pure. I wanted to remind you, if you hadn't caught the last podcast, the episode 52, it was about La Entrada Triunfo by our sister Yira. She did the version in English and Spanish. Very important messages as well, and I hope you have taken them in. We would like to thank our music support by GospelRiver.com, as well as some of the independent artists who have contributed to our program. You can find us here on the Royal Kingdoms podcast, on Podbean, on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Listen Notes in LA, and our new addition to FM Player. Please download, share it. If you like it, hit the like button. I ask you to encourage others to join in, to listen, and to review every message that is posted because everything holds very good information if you're seeking a good life to live it to the fullest in Christ the King. I recommend everyone try to consider these messages that are being presented by the Royal Kingdoms podcast. Once again, we thank you for joining us. And we must never forget that all things are made possible by the Lord God Almighty through Yeshua HaMashiach. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have the victory today and every day we are here. Every day we are here on this earth marks a blessed reminder of why we have this opportunity to discover our Lord and Savior, Christ the King, Yeshua HaMashiach. Let's begin with our Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on this earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And please help us, Lord, not to fall into temptations or transgressions, but deliver us from all evil. For thy is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us here on the Royal Kingdoms podcast today. It is June 7th, 2022. We are sounding the alarm, a call to take heed. This almost reminds me of one of my very first podcasts. But today, we sound the alarm for you to reconsider why it is of most importance to consider turning to the one and only true God. The climate of the world is in turbulence. 
It's in moral decline and spiritually poor and completely uncovered at this moment. The days of Noah were beyond repair to the extent our almighty God decided to flood the earth. Today, we will look at Psalm 78 and reflect on what is the Lord telling us and how it is finalizing our world as we are getting stagnated in spiritual growth. These are the times we're living in. We sound this alarm today and we have blown our trumpets today. We are blowing our warnings for the world to hear this message of our Lord. I am sounding the alarm. God is raging angry because his people will not adhere to his ways. They continue in the path of destruction, and it is there where there is no exit without God's help. In Psalm 78, he once again pardons, but since 78, he also came as Yeshua in the flesh to offer a way out of the path to the final death. However, people are lighting up on a promise by men on this earth who claim they have the solution, they have the cure, but people are still falling for the deceit and people are perishing today because they are not choosing life over death. God too mourns over the loss of his people's failure to listen and trust in him. First of all, Psalm 78 is written by Asaph. Asaph ministered at the tabernacle as a Levite. When David recaptured the Ark of the Covenant and returned it to Jerusalem, Asaph was appointed by the other Levites to raise sounds of joy on cymbals. In Chronicles 1, 15 through 16, or 15, 16, rather, Asaph was elevated from cymbal player to chief musician. David commissioned him to be among those who ministered and worshipped regularly in the tent of meeting to invoke, to thank, and to praise the Lord. Chronicles 16.5 When David assembled other musicians for worship in the tent of meeting, he chose some who were the sons of Asaph. The sons of Asaph could refer to Asaph's blood relatives or those he was mentoring. These sons were to serve the Lord by prophesying with lyres, harps, and cymbals. In Chronicles 25, 1-2, Asaph and his sons served so faithfully under David that Solomon appointed them to serve at the dedication of the temple. And it was there that this song was raised with trumpets and cymbals and other mu musical instruments in praise to the Lord. And they sang, For he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. Chronicles 2, 5, 13. Side by side, Asaph 
faithfully taught, instructed, and ministered with his sons and others, who in turn did the same to their sons, who in turn taught their sons, and down the line for generations. Praise the living King. Hallelujah. In Psalm 78, 2, it states, I will open my mouth in a parable, and I will utter dark sayings of old. This is Psalm 78, 2. Okay? I'm going to ask you a question. How seriously do we take the commandments of God that tell the coming generations what we know of God and worshiping? How do we pass on biblical values of worship to our coming generations when we can't even sing in the same room with them? Recently, I walked the streets to take into account where the hearts of men, where are they? Where are the hearts of men at this moment? Since the recent lockdowns, people have grown even harsher in their views of God. Some think there is no hell. Some think there is no God. Some falsely believe that by worshiping statues and praying to saints that were appointed by earthly men, that they are making their pathway into heaven. Some people think that murder is wrong until they do a sexual act that causes them to have to choose on the life of the unborn. Some have decided that there is no other way but to take a medical decision that is permanent. Most are not waiting or looking at our Lord God for direction. For many have been overcome with fear and have submitted to decisions that lay the foundation for more evil oppression to govern over their lives. Instead of seeking God on God's terms, and not by the terms of this world. Let's all remember that the Ten Commandments still stand today, just as in the day Moses wrote them with our Almighty Heavenly Father of heaven and earth. Yet in that time, the people also couldn't wait too long before they began worshiping the gold statue of a bull that represented Baal. Let's make this very clear. Choices have consequences on this earth and also in heaven. For what we bind on this earth is also bound in heaven. If you choose God over your life, you have chosen well. For he is the winning team in all creation. However, if you turn your back on God, be ready for your enemies to overtake you on the physical and spiritual level in this world. Transgressions and backsliding and sin still carries repercussions and can cause many to fall straight into the lake of fire. When we commit to God and under His covenant, we must consider the seriousness of the commitment. Let us always remember the God of gods, the King of kings, is of the old and now. He never changes. Therefore, we must thrive to stay true to Him and keep in His covenant and follow His commands over our lives. 
many will fall. I urge you, I urge you to get up today and make amends with the one true God, our heavenly King and creator of all. But be committed and stay the course because the enemy is lurking and increasing in many devious ways to crush your ability to stay the course and trick you so that you will not remain in God's grace and dwell in him, our living God Almighty. And this fall from grace can remain permanent, sadly. Today we will look harder at Psalm 78 because it reflects where men continually err in their ways, yet God rescues them time and again with all of his glory and mercy. Consequently, the reoccurring error here is the forgetfulness of his people. What does forgetfulness reflect? It reflects taking God's mercy for granted in his face, the, a continual resistance not to abide and uphold in the statutes and the commandments set by him, the one true living God. It's as if God is only here for our needs, and I speak of material in a lot of cases. However, some think we don't have to abide nor obey him. Some think God is cruel and he has left us. Let's turn to Psalms 1, the first Psalms 1, and read chapters 1 through 6. First of all, in Psalms chapter 1, the first one is, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of God, and in his law doeth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a planted tree by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatever so he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so. They are like the shaft which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of righteousness. For the Lord knoweth the way of righteousness, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. In this chapter 1, you see what our Lord provides for those who embrace His ways and abide in Him. However, the ungodly is also described, and they are described as being easily blown away and who will not stand in the judgment, and goes far to explain that even the sinners will not be able, will not be within the congregation of the righteous. In the final verse, the Lord explains what will happen to both righteous and the ungodly. Let's go back to it. On verse 6, it says, For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the ungodly shall perish. The ungodly are the ones to not hear to the justice, to the righteousness of God and stand for his statues. Let's now turn to Matthew 13. We're going to 
read a few of these, not the whole, but there's some points I want to make here. It says on 13, on the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea, and the great multitude were gathered together to him, so that he got into the boat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables. Behold, a sower went out to sow, and he sowed. Some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they were, had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yield, yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Okay, we're going to jump over to Matthew 13, 14, and we're going to read on through 15. And in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear, and shall not understand, and seeing you will see, and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have gone dull. Their ears are hard of hearing. Their eyes they have closed Least they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears. Least they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. Okay, if we can go over to 13.18, Matthew 13.18. And we're going to continue all the way to 24. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears with the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in him, but he endures only for a while. For when the tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who received the seed among the thorns is he who hears the word. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. But he who received the seed on good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Another parable he put forth, 
them to say in. And I'm going to read this on to 30, 24 to 30. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed a good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tars among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tars also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tars? And he said to them, An enemy has done this. The servants said to him, Do you want us then to go and gather them? But he said, No, least while you gather up the tars, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at that time, the harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tars and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Our Lord Yeshua has explained here in Matthew how the people are established in either weakness or strength in the word of God and how the enemy, the wicked one, comes to wipe out the belief and faith of the people and how subsequently this affects their ability to get through the trials and tribulation and ultimately lose their ability to stay in God or His grace because of the commitment and standing in this world. For example, hard-pressed, if we lose our job, how will we provide for our family? There's solutions provided on the land. If you go here and accept these men, they can provide all your needs. Just go to this place and your problem is solved. Well, that may work for a time, but without the hand of God in your life, this is sure to fail. Consider the source of water. It seems endless when it flows. However, in drought, both the wealthiest and the poorest will die of thirst. No man can create water where there is no source. The only source of food and water is from our Heavenly Father and Lord God Almighty. However, in the wrath of judgment, because of great sin and curse over the land for all our sins against God, many will fall. Right now, people are being scared into taking radical choices on the land because they have not feared God. By fear is meant for total respect of our God with no respect of where the source is truly from, then evilness takes the praise and respect because that's what the devil's plan is, to distract and maneuver in deceitful ways to override the people and pull them from the grace of God and his plans for their lives. Now we're going to turn to Psalm 78. And here it explains how the, the Lord delivers his strength into captivity 
and his glory into his enemies' hands. But he also gave his people over to the sword, which means his people would face immediate death and destruction because he was furious with his inheritance. Our Lord speaks of the, the evilness of men and how they refuse to reconcile with him. Here he also explains how the rebellious generations refuse to set their hearts aright, nor do they teach their children to give thanks to God. They just continue to sin even harder. They continue forward in their eras of rebellious. It is as if they are taking on a challenge to sin even more just because they want to resist God's way and try to override it. God invested in his people. He took them out of the depths of being highly enslaved, and yet the people still resisted. The people still rebelled against him. So he was furious for the rebellion against him. And here in 78, this is how he repaid such evilness. Let's now please turn to Psalm 78. This was written by Asaph. Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known. And our fathers have told us, we will not hide them from their children, telling to the generations to come the praises of the Lord and his salvation and his wonderful works that he has done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers, that they should make them known to their children, that the generations to come might know them, the children who would be born, that they may arise and declare them to their children, that they may set their hope in God, and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments, and may not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not set its heart aright, and those whose spirit was not faithful to God, the children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, turned back in the day of battle. They did not keep the covenant of God. They refused to walk in his law and forgot his works and his wonders that he had shown them. Marvelous things he did in the sight of their fathers and in the land of Egypt and in the field of Zoan. He divided the sea and caused them to pass through. And he made the water stand up like a heap. In the daytime also he led them with a cloud, and all the night with a light of fire. He split the rocks in the wilderness, and he gave them drink in abundance like the depths. He also brought streams out of the rock, and caused waters to run down like rivers. But they sinned even more against him by rebelling against the Most High in the wilderness, and they tested God in their heart by asking for food of their fancy. Yes, they spoke against God 
They said, Can God prepare a table in the wilderness? Behold, he struck the rock, so that the water gushed out, and the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? Can he provide meat for his people? Therefore the Lord heard, and it was furious. So the fire was kindled against Jacob, and anger also came against Israel, because they did not believe in God and did not trust in his salvation. Yet he had commanded the clouds above and opened the doors of heaven, had rained down manna on them to eat and given them of bread of heaven. Men ate angels' food, and he sent them food to the full. He caused the east wind to blow in the heavens, and by his power he brought in the south wind. He also rained meat on them like dust, feathered fowl like the sand of the seas, and he let them fall in the midst of their camp, all around their dwellings. So they ate and were filled, for he gave them their own desire. They were not deprived of their cravings. But while their food was still in their mouths, the wrath of God came against them, and he slew the strongest of them and struck down the choice men of Israel. In spite of this, they still sinned and did not believe in his wondrous works. Therefore, their days consumed in futility and their years in fear. When he slew them, they sought him, and they returned and sought earnestly for God. Then they remembered that God was their rock, and the Most High God their Redeemer. Nevertheless, they flattered him with their mouth, and they lied to him with their tongue, for their heart was not steadfast with him, nor were they faithful in his covenant. But he, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity and did not destroy them. Yes, many a time he turned his anger away and did not stir up his wrath. For he remembered that they were but flesh, a breath that passes away and does not come again. How often they provoked him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. Yes, again and again they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember His power, the day when He redeemed them from the enemy, when He worked His signs in Egypt and His wonders in the field of Zoan, turned their rivers into blood and their streams that they could not drink. He sent swarms of flies among them, which devoured them, and frogs which destroyed them. He also gave their crops to the caterpillar, and their labor to locusts. He destroyed their vines with hail, and their sycamore trees with frost. He also gave up their cattle to the hail, and their flocks to fiery lightning. He cast on them the fiercenesses of his wrath, wrath, indignation, and trouble by sending angels of destruction among them. He made a path for his anger. He did not spare their soul from death, but gave their life over to the plague and destroyed all the firstborn in Egypt, the first of their strength in the tents of him. 
but he made his own people go forth like sheep and guided them in the wilderness like a flock. And he led them on safely so that they did not fear, but the sea overwhelmed their enemies and he brought them to his holy border. This mountain, which his right hand had acquired, he also drove out the nations before them, allotted them an inheritance by survey, and made the tribes of Israel dwell in their tents. Yet they tested and provoked the Most High God, and did not keep his testimonies, but turned back and acted unfaithfully like their fathers. They were turned aside like deceitful bow, for they provoked him to anger with their high places and moved him to jealousy with their carved images. When God heard this, he was furious and greatly harbed Israel. So he forsook the tabernacle of Shiloh and the tent he had placed among men and delivered his strength into captivity and his glory into the enemy's hands. He also gave his people over to the sword and was furious with his inheritance. The fire consumed their young men and the maidens were not given into marriage. Their priests fell by the sword and their widows made no lamentation. Then the Lord awoke as from a sleep like a mighty man who shouts because of wine. And he beat back his enemies, and he put them into a perpetual reproach. Moreover, he rejected the tent of Joseph, and did not choose the tribe of Ephraim, but he chose the tribe of Judah, Mount Zion, which he loved, and he built his sanctuary like the heights, like the earth which he, he has established forever. He chose David, his servant, and took him from the sheepfolds, from following the ewes that had young. He brought him to shepherd Jacob, his people, hallelujah, and Israel, his inheritance. So he shepherded them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of of his hands. Hallelujah. Wow. Here in 7867, the final part is where he rejects the tent of Joseph because the sons Ephraim and Manasseh refused to battle for the Lord and for their inheritance. They turned their backs on God. So the Lord did not choose the tribe of Ephraim, but the Lord chose the tribe of Judah. And Mount Zion, which he loved. He built a sanctuary like the highest. However, it shows that he chose King David, his servant. He especially chose him so that he would foster the future generations in God Almighty and ultimately in Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ the King. For as you know, Yeshua is a descendant from the lineage of Judah. And King David is his direct descendant. Our God has planned for a people who would bear his name and glorify his name. Our God's plan always succeeds. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.
Many people refuse to register or consider this side of our Almighty God, that if you offend Him and disrespect Him, calamity can fall upon His people. Yes, He is merciful and loving. However, He can be heavy-handed in chastisement because of His people should know Him and never forget all of His greatness in such loving care of details. Our Lord is about the details. Small or large, everything is met. Every need is covered under His protection. But when the people rise in disrespect or hatred towards Him, watch out. They may not get another chance to see through their errors. It's up to Him. But in 78, many people did suffer and even died at the hand of their enemies because they not only turned from God, but rebelled against Him. Now I'm going to ask, who are the people of God? They are His chosen people of Israel who are circumcised in the heart. They are a people who abide in His will over the power of this world. They also proclaim His righteousness and embrace the gospel of His testimonies and statues. They are not a people who rebel, nor are they stiff-necked, not people who conspire to avoid doing and following His statues. God's people are a willing people striving in abiding and following the will of God and proclaiming His salvation of their very lives. They fear the Lord, for they humble themselves before Him. A believer is not hard to recognize. They are very faithful, praising God, whether in private or in the face of others, whether believer or not. The Spirit of the Holy Spirit is with them, and their joy and praise is inspiring because it displays a fulfillment of joy and holiness. The Son at the ending of Psalm 78, it is God who chose David, a young believer in God and his strength, where God took this shepherd boy to rise him as a bold king of nations to foster Jacob, his people, and that God himself would bore a son in Yeshua out of this tribe of Judah to govern all nations and over all nations by his own mighty hands. Hallelujah. Notice how his own hands is emphasized for it is God himself who will do it. No other God, no man, but God. How is God not to be feared and respected in all the world? Who can stand against him? No one or nothing. Therefore, stop for one minute and imagine you are standing up and your arms and your hands are extended straight out in a T position. Then imagine on one side, Yeshua has a hold of your right hand and the opposite, the devil on your left hand. For God is a jealous God. So here's where you have to choose who you want on both sides of your hands. Like you are sandwiched between God through Yeshua, Jesus. You see, God will not share one half of your space with the devil. 
So you can only hold on to one, either God through Yeshua or the devil, but not both. Think about a partnership working in the unity for the greater purpose of good, a good cause for the greater good of yourself. In this, it increases the kingdom of God's purpose of you here on earth and also directly for God's kingdom. If you go away from God and have fallen to a level that you don't even recognize your sin, then you have truly angered the Lord God, and it's up to His mercy if the relation will ever be repaired. In fact, we are here today in a time that fast radical decisions can cut you away from the grace of our Almighty Lord. If you think it is not possible, then look at what happened to the people of Israel when Moses was away for trying to put things in order for his people. Upon return, they were worshiping other gods. And here is a grave and poor choice that led them to a forever death. It also happened in Psalm 78, as we just read. If you think you can maneuver in one sense that you're aligned in God, but then, when convenient, cheat the covenant you set under God for your life and flow still with this world, then back to the analogy mentioned above. You are overtaken by the devil, his force, and under his rule and corruptible governing over your life. Remember the terms for the greater good of your life, Abide and follow God and His plan for your life with no shortcuts. It is here where you will benefit the most. If not, you will fall under the curse of this land with no help from the living God because of the fast failed decision one has taken. Just think about the world in which if we embrace every treatment of medicine as given to us by God, when in fact he has not approved of many of these treatments and many cause debilitation. However, if we agreed, then we are subject to the after effects. The only hope then is if God will mercifully separate us because when doing or acting upon these choices, we have actively separated ourselves from him, the living God the one true life over us. The barrier he has placed is now a broken breach that could only be repaired through our recognized and recognizing failed departure of our God by breaking a covenant that he set. But we broke it because we didn't heed his warnings. We didn't follow his ways or commands. We chose to listen to this world and its lies and fear to get us to submit to its will of the world and not the will of God. God sets the standard. His word can never be broken, bent, or mingled to justify the world's means. This world is not of God. It has been set by man, a fallen man, a forsaken way of existing where only a few govern the mass and the mass have forgotten what God has done for them. 
and the world wants to continue to distract and rewrite the words of God and say false teachings and say that God has proclaimed it. For this is truly a perverse society seeping with sin and flowing with lies because it fails to exalt God Almighty and uphold His truth. And no matter how evilness tries to undo the works of God, they can never, never be undone. The only one who should be feared is the one true God. God is the one true God creator of all things. But evilness continues to take root because people will not stand for righteousness. It's easier to follow others who disobey God to flow with a mass into a great way of error where no one questions each other or rebukes what is wrong or even more what's evil. So in 78, Psalm 78, God points out the errors in his people, the way that causes them to fall, the way that keeps them locked in captivity and under a ruthless king of earth who cares not for the people or how they suffer or are without. Our living God does care. That's why he stepped down from his throne and came here in the flesh to die for our sins. But if we throw away this gift of life, then it is our own fault because plenty has been advised through his gospel and his people and the gospel and the people of God who he ordained to spread his word. If our Lord is heeding us not to drink nor eat the poison from the evil hand, yet we do it anyway, we disobey God's direction. We have not trusted in God. We have then abandoned His protection over our lives, for we have displeased Him, angered Him, and broken the very trust in Him, and therefore we have broken His heart. Yes, every day a man who remains in sin or causes others to sin they tear at the Lord's heart. It pains him. We grieve our Lord. But to disobey him and break his covenant is to transgress into sin, to backslide into sin, and depending on the sin, without God's grace, through repentance, we may never, never make it out of the transgression. Today, we are sounding the alarm because many have accepted the rule of evil and have been forced to take a life-ending decision and have little time to repent and plead for the Lord and His forgiveness about taking such substances that alters the mind, that alters the body, and spirit and ruins the Holy Spirit's ability to dwell within us. For God will not shine his face upon evil. Some people think medicine is exact science, but if it was not granted by God, then evil has produced it to ensure his mass followers don't astray. Only the blood of Yeshua can break the yoke of evil 
any plague, any sin, that's the very reason, the very reason Yeshua went to the cross. He knew one day we would be reliant on His grace and gift of deliverance. God is good every day because He gives us a way of escape. The devil only seeks to corrupt souls to permanently damn them into the lake of fire. For our God is looking for you today to step away from the poison of sin. He is looking for you to seek a clean start. If you have fallen into transgression, to repent from your evil ways. Our Heavenly King, God Almighty, is looking for you to reach for Him with a full surrender of your old ways of relying on yourself and the ways of this world to make it through. You can only make it through with God on your side. He wants you to give Him the surrender of your entire will to Him, God, our mighty, almighty King of creation. He made a way through the living sacrifice of Yeshua HaMashiach, who died on the cross in Calvary and resurrected after three days. Our Lord wants your both hands and whole being embracing Him, our Lord God. Now, some of you may say, I am weak. I can't, but you must muster all you can at this moment and place yourself right at his feet today. We must plead for our sins against our Lord God. We must recognize we have fallen away from him. Our God is so loving. His love is without measure. However, we have to remember to love him back on his terms. We have to fear God. For he sees all. Without him, you are maneuvering in this life at full speed, without direction, and ultimately, the other force will corrupt you to the point of not understanding how to get out of its deadly plan over your life and soul. Let's take this for a moment. One glass of pure water is for restoring replenishing our body's fluids. But if one blot of ink made it into that glass of water, you would throw it out without hesitation. You would seek to find another pure glass of water to replace it. Our bodies are the temples made by the one and true living God. And they were designed, formed, and built to his specs. He is the engineer of all living creatures and living things in origin. Nothing can duplicate its origin. There are cheap copies, but not the origin. His plans is restoration back to the origin. That's why he died on the cross. To restore us back to the likeness of his image, not the image we have that has been corrupted by darkness. So considering this, who would you choose as your engineer, the original creator, or that of a duplicator who can never match the original? 
It can't fulfill promises because it's far, far from God's plans and creations. Here's where we lie, at the mercy of God or at the gates of destruction. When destruction is set in play by our living God, it will come to pass and nothing can stop it. Just like the plague set in Egypt or even the seas that took out Pharaoh's armies or the fall of Jericho or Samada and Gomorrah. God's army will stand against all evil. Nothing can defend against it. But if you are aligned with the army of evil because of not heeding God's warnings or partaking in promises that lead you to a deathly destruction, instead of singing, what a friend we have in Jesus, you will sing, what an enemy I have found in God's force against me. This is where the mass is being led to. If you question nothing and seek men, earthly men, to solve your problems, you are looking for love in the wrong places. Because men can be corrupted for selfish purposes and self-gain. They choose their desires over the righteousness of God or God's will. Also, if you think God is just merciful and he will always forgive, well, if you are now being warned, the alarm is sounding, and you are not taking heed, and you are not putting God above all else, you are not fearing God, you are not loving God, then what do you expect? You will be naked and uncovered, and your enemies will have power over you with no protection under the Almighty living God, because by this point, even God has hid his face from all who are not his and all who do not abide nor love his truth. The truth is of God. He established it and no one or anything can tarnish the truth. People must desire truth over all. It is here that all else that is false and lies will be revealed for all to see. The desire of truth and righteousness is the desire of God's heart over the fallen corruption of this fallen world. Some people fear the enemy more than they fear God, but you must fear the one who has the power to decide where your soul goes after your body dies. For in Matthew 10, 28, And fear not them which can kill the body, but are able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. If by now you don't know this, that men can do nothing without the power of God, the Lord said it this way, for us to seek him and to know the relations is fluid when we earnestly give the strongest of effort in abiding in him, our Lord, an humble heart willing to listen and take his direction. Here are a few scripts that demonstrate the source of the strength and the ways of life. It's through our living God our living God Almighty, who does it. He does it all. 
Let's please turn to John 32 to 33. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And of course, this bread was Yeshua in the flesh. In John 14, 23, Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. John 14, 15 through 18, If you love me, keep my commands. I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Thank you, Yeshua. In 15, 4 through 8, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they will gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me, my words abide in you. You will ask what you deserve, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Exodus 15, 1-2 Then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord, and spoke, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. My God's God, and I will exalt him. In Romans 5, 9 to 10, much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. In Psalm 62, 11, God has spoken once, twice I have heard this, that power belongs to God. Amen. Let's take this time right now to stop what we're doing. And just take a time to look at our God right at this moment today. Think about this. Give your life to him today. Whatever you're doing, let's stop it and let's pray this redemption prayer together. This is a prayer for a new life and repentance for our salvation in Yeshua HaMashiach. My Lord and my God. Please have mercy upon my soul, 
a sinner. I humble myself before you today, this very moment. I am truly, truly sorry for my sinful ways and evil deeds against you, Lord God, and I deserve your original penalty of death. I do believe that Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, is the Son of the living God. I believe that you sent Jesus, Yeshua, who became flesh and dwelt among us. I believe that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my sins. I believe that Jesus resurrected from the dead after three days by the power of the Holy Spirit, and that at this moment, he is hearing my confession of sin and this very prayer. I open the door of my heart and my soul, and I invite you into my heart and soul, Lord Jesus. Please, please wash all my filthy sins away in the precious blood that you shed in my place on the cross at Calvary. I know you will not turn me away, Lord Jesus, for you will forgive my sins and save my soul. I know because your word, the Bible says in John 6, 37, your word says that you will not turn no one away. That includes me. Therefore, I know that you have heard me and I know that you have answered me and I know that I am saved. And I thank you, and I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. And I will show my thankfulness by doing as you command and sin no more. Okay, let's praise the Lord if you feel the presence of the Holy Spirit sweeping over your whole body at this moment. And shout for joy, hallelujah. Give praises to the King Yeshua for all his mercy and love over your life. Never forget what the Lord God has done for you today and in the next days and the days ahead. And remember, always remember our Lord and praise him for your strength given you and his goodness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. All praises to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Okay, finally, in Psalm 78, our Lord shows us his mercy and his mighty strength. But Asaph also followed up by mentoring his sons in the words of God and teaching them to praise him in song. If you have children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, neighbors, pass the mentoring of God's word to them. You are helping spread God's seed in them and future generations to come. This is how we give thanks back to our Lord God by praising and thanking Him and by teaching our children and anyone who is willing to listen. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. 
I hope you have taken many notes today because this is how we must turn to God and His will. For many will fall and they are falling as we speak. There are people dying into hell right now, into the lake of fire. But you can choose today not to be one of the fallen. Thank you for joining us today, and we look forward to you in the next podcast. We'd like to thank GospelRiver.com for To God Be the Glory. And thank you for listening to the Royal Kingdoms podcast. You can find us on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Listen Notes LA, FM Player, and right here on our very own Royal Kingdom podcast. Thank you for joining us again. God bless you. Spirit Radio here on the Royal Kingdoms Podcast. Thanks for listening.